Hello, and welcome to Online and Inspired, a weekly podcast for educators, parents, and those leading the way in the future of learning. I'm Emily Smith, founder and CEO of Teleteachers. And I'm Marissa Rothermel, special education teacher extraordinaire, or mommy, as my daughter calls me. We are on a mission to live inspired always and talk about our jobs as education innovators, aka modern day educators navigating all the things. We are here as pioneers in online education, firmly set in our beliefs in equity, equality, and balance in all things. We are proud educators, proud parents, and we are here with you every week to talk about how we embrace it all, from ed tech news to uh uh-ohs and boo-boos. Thank you for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe. In everything that we do, we strive to bring levity to the conversation. If you're not leaving this podcast with the same feeling you leave the workroom after some juicy banter we all love, we're doing something wrong. We're moving the water cooler conversation online. So let's get to chatting. Are you ready, Marissa? I'm ready, Emily. I'm caffeinated and committed. Let's talk online and inspired. Good afternoon. It is Monday, August 22nd, 2022. This is Marissa Rothermel here with Emily Smith, and together we are online and inspired. I am having trouble accepting that it's the end of August. Oh, don't even go there, Marissa. How did this happen? I I swear it was June. I swear it was June yesterday, and I don't know what happened. And now everything's pumpkins already? And I don't even know what fall is supposed to be down here in the South. It Somebody sent me this morning because I was like, I love apples and pumpkins and fall and all the fall things. I am. I don't believe you are. I am the pumpkin spice girl. I am. I really am. I believe that. Yeah. I'm that, I'm that, you know, big fluffy sweaters, hot mug, a pumpkin spice coffee, you know, messy bun book, smelling fall leaves, having all the apple cinnamon scented candles going on in the house, like... You walk in and you're like, it's fall. Excuse my language. (laughs) But wow. And that's me. Like, so I don't know what's, there's still palm trees here. Palm trees don't change color. What, what am I? This is a very confusing season for me. And somebody sent me a comparison of, you know, what it is uh, to experience fall now that you're in the South. And it's it's called a fall bucket list for Southerners. And mm. there are things uh, on it that would be traditionally on a fall you know, checklist, like go apple picking. Instead, that's crossed out and it says buy apples at Publix. <laughs> and then uh, let's see, what's the other one? Attend a fall festival. No, no. Attend a mosquito festival. Get lost in a corn maze, dot, 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 and die of heat stroke. You know, these kind of things. So I don't know what to expect now. I heard there were still pumpkin patches down here. And darn it, I will find one and I will carve a jack-o'-lantern. And even if it only takes one day to wither in this this fall heat, I will will figure it out. (laughs) Well, Miami has some cool events that are just totally out of place, uh, fall festivals. But other than that, I feel your pain. I miss fall. Yeah, that's the best season. But when you'll notice that now that you're a Southerner, that when the temperature changes just a matter of degrees, you're going to want to put on your sweatshirt. So you'll still find your place. As long as I still experience that, it's fine. And I know it's coming because 
the weather overnight has dipped below 70 degrees. It's gotten down to 68 and I'm going, so I'll be sitting there and, you know, on the couch at the end of the night in the 68 degrees and going, oh man, if there's real Arctic chill coming through, don't you think? So I've obviously acclimated a little bit over the last few months. Um, and I'm just happy that I'll still have to wear my sweatshirts. I have some amazing tie-dye ones, which is probably not a surprise to you. <laughs> I'm sure you do. But we can recognize that seasons are all about the candles, scent of the candles in the South. So we may not see the changes, but we smell them. We smell them. And that's very important. The fall catalog for Scentsy, I know like my representative is is mailing it out today. And they've got these new warmers that you don't even have to plug in. And I'm saying, how perfect for the podcast room. Oh my gosh. I haven't thought about Sensi in like eight years. Oh, I love Sensi. Sensi and I, we are BFFs. We, <laughs> I mean, they're not, you know, Sensi's not friends with my wallet, but in my heart, oh, totally connected. Totally connected. They have a pineapple plug or plugless warmer. A pineapple. It's a chocolate thing. I know. I know. It needs to be in the podcast room. Exactly. I'm so pumped. So pumped. It's going to smell like fall in here in just a few short weeks coming from a little pineapple thing. Man, you did the best room ever. Anyway, where are you? You are not home. I'm in Austin, Texas. Oh, what are you doing? A lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Last night I was wandering the streets trying to find something to eat, and I wandered into the most lovely little cocktail place with um, some. Uh, they had small bites there. I was fresh off of my flight that had of course been delayed. So I was in Dodge city, Kansas over the weekend was going to fly out of garden city, American airlines canceled everything. So I drove to Oklahoma city and flew down to Austin, sat on the tarmac for what seemed like a really long time. So by the time I walked into this, uh, really classy, cocktail bar, which I didn't realize it was so classy. Um, I, I was still in my hokas, which <laughs> you know what hokas are. I, I don't, I, I think you need to explain what a hoka is. They're the most, they're the ugliest tennis shoe ever. Very thick cushiony sole. They are like walking on pillows, um, but they're not very attractive and combine that with, um, you know, my plain garb. I was still in my sweatsuit and didn't realize that this was like the place to be in Austin. Um, you would have loved it. The glassware was 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 quite quite lovely. Wow. Did you enjoy your time there, even if you I did. And I so appreciate Austin because anything goes down here. Everyone is accepted. I walked past a person last night that I um I thought may have been experiencing homelessness and I overheard him on the phone uh, talking about how um, the talking about exercising his stock options and the price of his uh, incentive stock options. And I thought, I, I don't get the impression that he's homeless. Um, So it just keeps you on your toes and I love it. Anything goes, everyone is welcome. And so I, I was leaning into that heavily as I walked into this uh, nice place in my sweatsuit. That sounds awesome. Austin has been on my uh, bucket list for a long time. I have to go to Austin in Texas and I need to go to Asheville in North Carolina and I have to go to Alaska. And evidently I only need to go to places that start with A. (laughs) (laughs) 
But those are the three places that I desperately want to go to. So I'm so glad that you are going there and enjoying it. And you're going to have to write down the name of that uh, that cocktail bar, because when I finally get there, I'm going to need to go. So you can do a little trip planning for me while you're out there. Absolutely. And I'll also plan your Asheville and Alaska trips, both amazing locations. My mom and I are actually headed to Denali National Park at the end of the month. <gasps> You are. are. It's been on our bucket list for a long time. So we're taking a little girl's trip up there. I am so envious. I have (laughs) wanted to go. And I know you worked in Alaska for a time, but I have wanted to go there for forever, for literally forever. Second grade, became obsessed with Alaska. Thought I was going to move there, dated a bush pilot. I was committed, but uh, yeah, it never worked out. So yeah, I'm going to need a lot of pictures while you're traveling. Well, I'll start also by sending you a sweatshirt. So as you're <laughs> getting cozy this fall, you can have like an, a, a really large, obnoxious printed sweatshirt that says Alaska. Is there you- anything better than that? That would be amazing. Maybe it'll be tie dye. We'll see. <gasps> That's but- just, I'd never take it off. So anyway, as we're planning all of these trips, I'm, I'm, uh, you asked why I was in Austin I'm here so, so excited um, for a couple of reasons, uh, investors funding that saga. Um, also um, presenting, well, I think they call it, quote, giving testimony, which sounds super official, and I'm not going to say it like that so I don't get nervous, but um, presenting to Texas Education Agency um, Commission on Virtual Education They formed this commission to help shift the narrative around online learning to be really positive um, and to highlight the good in virtual education. We know that the last two years of emergency remote learning did not treat everyone well, and we are building the case for high quality virtual learning um, and what that looks like, as well as sharing examples. Um, So... That is coming up tomorrow, and I'm very nervous. But you're gonna rock it. I, you're I, gonna be so good. You know, I I uh, try not to be nervous, but also my dear friend Bob Pasternak, who I talk about all the time, he says, "If you're not nervous, you're not in. You're not doing the right work. This isn't for you." So um, I just have so much respect for each of these committee members and everyone else presenting. Um, I'm getting dinner tonight with one of my friends who also is the uh, a world-renowned researcher in uh, teletherapy and supporting special education teachers and online delivery. So there's like all of these wonderful worlds colliding in Austin, Texas. So I'm, I'm um, happy to be here for the next couple of days. You are surrounded by awesomeness, it sounds like, which is fantastic because I think you also need a little bit of that right now. Did you not just have a, a big celebration of life for your for your great aunt? I did. So my grandmother on my um, on my mom's side, so my mom's mom uh, has two sisters and they were the golden girls <laughs> to a T. So funny, so much laughter. And um, my dear aunt Carol passed away. Um, And so we celebrated her life. And it was just such a wonderful moment to recognize that she was the kindest person 
any of us had ever had the opportunity to know. And just to experience being surrounded by family, even in the hard times makes everything easier. So it was, um, yeah, it was hard. I think the emotions are definitely flowing this week, but hopefully I can channel that into shaping some good into the world. So anyway, that's, that's on my end. What about you? How are you doing? What's going on in your life? Oh man, so much is going on, but, uh, so much is going on, but that, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to share a, a victory with an unusual story behind it. Um, right now we, uh, you know, you, you follow me on the Facebook and whatnot. And, uh, we go out shark tooth hunting a lot. We go to this little locals beach and, uh, you don't swim there. It's a Harbor beach. Like it's kind of gross looking like it's beautiful. It's totally nice, but there's mucky seaweed and stuff, but there are shells galore. And every single time we go, my husband walks away with probably four plus shark teeth. Now they're little, but it's really, really cool. We have lived here since April. And I would say that on average, we go there every other week. So we have been there many times. My daughter knows it really well. Expert shark tooth hunter, husband. On the other hand, I had not found a single one. I was out there as many times as he was. I have used my eyes. I tell him all the time, I'm like, I think my LASIK didn't work. <laughs> I, like, I clearly am unable to see shark teeth. He's just walking around. At one point, I had been, you know, whinging about not having found a, a shark tooth. And he goes, oh, oh, well, look down by your foot. And there's a shark tooth sitting next to my foot. Okay. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. So obviously, I couldn't see them. Well, flash forward to last night. I'm walking when all of a sudden I see a shark tooth and I'm like, oh my God, I finally found my first shark tooth. And it wasn't some tiny little thing, which is probably why I saw it. It actually had, you know, some fair size to it. And it was perfectly pointy and so shiny. And I picked it up and I'm, I'm snapping a picture, you know, not making a big scene, but like I snapped a picture, took a selfie, did these things that of course I do. And maybe 30 seconds to a minute passes after that. And there's this guy who I'd observed on the beach. And he was dressed a little unusually for uh, being on the beach. He was wearing long sleeves and long pants. And he had started on one end where everybody starts and you work your way up. And he had been sitting down occasionally and obviously had some stuff going on. Um, and he had, I had gone for the very first time, walked all the way to the far tip of the beach and he had made it probably three quarters of the way up and he had sat down. So I had to walk past him on my way back. And I glanced over his shoulder when we walked by. It's a narrow thing. So you walk close to people. And I saw him, you know, scrolling through photos and he was visibly crying. Oh. And I was thinking, oh, God, this guy is, is must be going through something. Right. So he approaches his, our group 30 seconds to a minute after uh, I had found my shark tooth. And he goes, I can tell you guys are shark tooth hunting. And he is totally sobbing, right? He's like, I can tell you guys are shark tooth hunting. By any chance, do you have one that you would be willing to give me? And he shows a text message saying, like, I mean, you can't read much, but showing, like, do you have a shark tooth for me, right? And he's he's visibly sobbing. And he's like, my eyes just don't work as well as they used to. And it has to be from this beach. And... 
I had no idea what this guy's story was. So I just found a shark tooth. And in my, in my moment, if I was pure of heart in that moment, I would have said, here, take this one that was in my hand. But Kyle had found like three or four at this point. Right. So he was like, yeah, take one of these. And so the guy was very grateful and he took one of the other shark teeth, whatever. And he walks back up the beach and he's, he's walking and I'm sitting there. I'm going, I don't know how to shark, find shark teeth. I've never been approached by anybody out on this beach. And this doesn't feel right. I don't think I was supposed to find the shark tooth. Like, I don't think this was my shark tooth to find. So ultimately, what I ended up doing was running up to him on the beach and being like, because this was a substantial, nice looking shark tooth. I'm going up to him like, hey, sir, we found a much nicer one for you and and giving him that one. And it obviously meant so much to him. He, in, in the time it had taken him to get back up the beach, he had like jumped into the water, et cetera. And I called to him just as he was walking away and he was clutching the tiny little one that he had so hard in his hand. It was like a red indent on this tiny little, you know, like fingers, nail size. So he had gone into the water with it. He was not letting this thing go. And so to be able to give him like a real nice, nice one felt really good. And he just broke down in tears saying, thank you. And I was like, that was totally not my shark tooth to find that. He was meant to find that one. There you go. So I found one. I no longer have it. But that was my Sunday night story. And while it was a long story, it was just kind of one of those things like, how weird is that? And and kind of harness that moment. And I don't know. That's how I am. I've had a, I found a shark tooth and I gave it away. <laughs> wow. I wonder what was going on. I mean, I, that just makes your heart break. I'm, I know. It was. It's It's just so sad. And also, I mean, we're all just humans trying to figure life out and going through ups and downs. And I'm just so glad that you were able to give him something meaningful. Yeah, I, I, you know, of course, I'll never know the story behind it. But part of me is like, man, I wish I knew that story. You know, what was going on? How old was that text message? Was that from years ago? Who knows? You know, was that a screenshot of something from somebody who had passed? Who, Who has any idea? I sure don't. But, uh, yep. I got my picture with my shark tooth that I found had for a minute and, uh, we'll see if I ever find one again, or if I like spiritually intercepted someone else's shark tooth. (laughs) I don't know, but, uh, my karma is clean. I gave it to him and and he's good. So one way or another, I know you'll give it your best to try and find more. That's right. Oh, absolutely. I'm already thinking we might need to go out again tonight. Like, well, I found one. Perhaps I can see them now. I've unlocked my LASIK blocking or whatever that is. (laughs) But uh, I do see that our guest for the week is in. But let me let in our guest. And her name is Kelsey. She is on Instagram as Speaking with Intention, a speech therapist. And welcome, Kelsey. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm so good. How are you guys? Oh, we're having a. I think I think we're having a case of the Mondays. But aside from that, I think we're doing all right. I love your headphones. They're like a teal blue. They're so much trendier than these monsters I'm wearing. Wow, we're already adding adding so much positivity and uh, just happiness to our conversation. Marissa and I <laughs> a couple of weeks, and uh, it's just wonderful to see you this morning. Yeah, thanks. It's so great to be here. So, uh, so speaking with intention, right? I got that right. 
Yeah. Very good. So why don't we jump right in? Who are you and what do you do? Yeah. Sorry. Um, so my name is Kelsey Fenn. Um, I'm a wife, a mother to four, and a pediatric speech language pathologist. Whoa, that's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Yeah, I had I've had four kids in six years. So it's been a busy time of life. God wow. bless you. Oh my God. Do you just actually inject coffee to your veins or what do you? That's so much. I know. It's it's a circus most days. <laughs> but it's so good. There's there's nothing else I'd want to be doing. So Oh my gosh, you definitely have superpowers. Marissa and I are over here just trying to figure out how to wrangle our wanna pee. You know, sometimes I heard someone say, like, it doesn't matter if you have one kid or four. It's like such a challenge. And sometimes one is harder because you're like the entertainment, you know, like they don't have siblings to play with. So well, I have to ask how, how old your oldest and how old your youngest? So my oldest is six years old. Um, and then my youngest is four months old. Oh my gosh, that's recent enough. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank cow. you. Wow. Yeah. You're awake and coming on a podcast. <laughs> you're, I don't even think you're in pajamas. I'm so impressed. <laughs> wow. Uh, All right. So you're super mom and you're a speech therapist. Are you practicing right now? Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not practicing right now. Um, four kids is a lot and it's very busy. Um, during like, while I was having kids, I've worked on and off, um, part-time and full-time. And then recently, um, since I had my, my third baby, my son, um, yeah, I've just been staying at home, um, to take care of them. I, I really like to, um, that's when I started like my Instagram just to like help parents, uh, and teach them, uh, tips and tricks to, uh, promote language development um, with their kids. And I think that's a fun way for me to stay connected to the field um, and also, yeah, get to to be a mom. I mean, that's amazing. And you found, you know, a, a, a nice following on Instagram too. Your work is beautiful. And I, I just find your photos and your tips and everything so engaging. And, you know, every picture of your child is just... <laughs> too much too much thank you yes and uh, I heard Marissa that your daughter's name is Nora and I have a Nora oh my goodness you've got great taste in names yours is probably older so do you no (laughs) she's four my Nora she's four yeah okay you and Nora with an H or no H no H Uh, same us too oh that's so cool Nora's are awesome they're the best (laughs) it's Maddie's are great too Yes, she's a little spitfire. I'll tell you what, her father's taking her out to the aquarium right now because this child says the word fish a hundred times per day, <sighs> insisting she needs to go see the fish. I'm like, just, go, just go see the fish. <laughs> that is cute. So it's a lot of fun. But again, I have one, you have four, you you win and a half. Uh, one of the biggest things that I caught my eye that I think sets you apart on your Instagram things is I love how you make book recommendations. I think that is such a wonderful piece that so many people don't do for, you know what I mean? Like people who know things about education and who are raising littles or teaching littles. I love how you just work books right into it. And if I'm asked one thing as an educator all the time, it's what should I be reading to my kid or what's a good book? Or I get text messages literally about this all the time. It's like, 
is this a good book for my kid? I'm like, well, what are you looking for? But I love how you just integrate it seamlessly right into your into your Instagram and I I'm following you all the time. So oh, thank you. We love books. We love using our local library and there's so many resources out there and books are super fun. So it's a fun way to encourage language development. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So, so you're, you're pausing on the SLP world right now. What, what was your role before that? Were you, uh, where were you based? Schools? Yeah. Hospitals? I, I was primarily doing, um, private practice with pediatrics. I did dabble a little bit in uh, modified barium swallows in the hospitals with adults. Um, and that was super fun and super interesting, but I really feel like my wheelhouse is littles. Um, and that's where I've always loved kids. Um, having my own kids has been super rewarding for me. And so that's where I feel most comfortable, I guess. Isn't it awesome how this field just gives you so much opportunity? Like those two aspects of speech pathology could not be any more different. It's so true. They're so different. And there's so many, yeah, there's so many options, which is such a fun, a fun thing about the field. That's amazing. My grandmother, um, she's doing so well now, but she was in the hospital a couple months ago and um, they brought her in to do a modified barium swallow. And the speech pathologist, she was just talking the speech pathologist's leg off because she's just this wonderful person um, who engages with everyone. But I was like, this job is, I mean, I'm trying to be helpful, like to help the speech pathologist. I have no idea what, like, how to go about this. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's so interesting in such a different world. Um, yeah. Then like language development and little kids and like education. So it's such a, a different side of the field, but it is cool. It's so funny. I say all the time that I totally would have gone into speech therapy because of how, how you can switch it up constantly. If I had any idea what it was, when I entered college, I had no idea. I had literally no idea. I was like, okay, you can be a special educator. I had no idea all the multifacets and the the various settings that a speech therapist can work in. And that's so cool. I would have loved to have worked in a hospital or, you know, in a nursing home, that kind of thing. Um, I just had no idea that that was even an option. So I love hearing people who chose that and kind of how they got there. So what inspired you to become a speech therapist? Yeah, I like I was in high school and kind of I had just finished high school wondering what what to do. Um, and I, th I I've always loved kids. So I thought about teaching. And then my friend actually was in her master's program to be a speech language pathologist. And she was like, have you ever heard of this? It's really cool and really fun. Um, you're still working with kids and families. Uh, you should check it out. And so I my freshman year, I took a phonetics class and that was super fascinating and so I just kind of stuck with it um, and found it super interesting and super fun. And then um, my husband and I both applied to our master's programs together um, and we got into Pacific University in Oregon. And so we got our master's degrees. He's a physician assistant in the emergency room. Um, so we did that. And then we moved back to Arizona um, and I completed my CFY year. And then I started having babies. Um, and then again, I worked in private practice. I worked a little bit in the hospital doing modified barium swallow studies, and then off and on part-time just with private clients. Um, and then I actually started my Instagram because I had a friend. I kept getting lots of questions from family members and cousins and 
and friends about their kids and their development. And I thought so much of our our resources that we use today is social media, and it would be a fun way to reach a lot of parents. Um, and so, yeah, here I am. Yeah. And I mean, you know, having babies kind of just keeping you connected to the world too. Uh, that, that mental break, I have found a renewed love of social media since having, you know, Nora partially because you can only spend so much time on Amazon. Right. <laughs> at some point, at some point, you're going to run out of money. And uh, <laughs> but, you know, just finding, you know, kind of new people to connect with other people who are parents or in education or, uh, you know, just just people you relate to through social media. And I love how you kind of rant. You're like, I have that knowledge. I can share it. And you do. And in a very beautiful way. Yeah, like I, said, it's, I think it's very well done. It's super fun. Thank you. So with all of this, you know, you've got your Instagram, you have uh, a brood of children, you have, uh, you know, your, your speech, uh, your speech past. How do you maintain a work-life balance? That is the million dollar question, right? It is. Someday we're going to get the perfect answer and we're going <laughs> to market it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's a challenge right now. Like I said, I, I'm not currently working at a job, Right. Um, but I think just like being present in where you are is so important. So when I'm with my kids during the day and things, I really try so hard to be present with them and not on my phone or distracted with something else. Um, and then try and set aside those times, um, when they're napping or when I can to, to work on like my Instagram or, um, you know, doing continuing education and things, but really trying to just be present where you are. So whether that's at home after work or whether you're at work, um, working with your, your clients or patients, um, I think being present is, is really important. I love that. I, I, um, I'm currently traveling for work and away from my two-year-old, which is just like, I was crying on the plane the other day last night on my way here, but, you know, trying to rationalize like, okay, well, it's okay. Because when I get home, like work stops, everything stops. Like I can be totally present with, with my daughter. And that was kind of like, it allowed me to be okay with what I was doing at the moment. So I just, I love how you kind of bring that into perspective of, you know, just being there. You can't, um, being present cannot be, um, overstated. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't change the situation at the moment. So be where you are. I love that. That is definitely something I have tried to embrace. I think largely because of doing this podcast and having kind of that, that common under theme going through, you know, I, it's very hard, especially because I'm someone who likes to work around the clock. You know, I have, you know, my times where I'm with her, I have my times where an email will come in or a Slack message or something like that. And so what I've tried to do is I've tried to get everything to go to my watch and then I can see it on my watch and say, do I need to step away from what I'm doing right now? No, I do not. I know it's there. I can go back to it in a little while. And, you know, or if it actually is something urgent, I can say, okay, we're going to pause this for one second and then I'm going to come right back to it. But, uh, you know, just trying to not spend time looking on Facebook or or Instagram or whatever, giving my kid a screen. I totally, I totally understand. And, and just taking those moments because they're so precious, especially when they're, you know, little before, before school age. It's, uh, it's a magical time. 
most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. I love We're in a bedtime regression <laughs> right now. Okay. It's actually the worst. I have no idea how to, I, she has become an expert negotiator and no matter what I give her or don't give her, there's just no way to get her to go to bed without a screaming fest. And it's so much harder now that she can call our names. It was easier when it was just nonsensical yelling. Okay. Now it's so dramatic. And she has a camera and she understands the concept of the camera. So she'll stare right at it while she's <laughs> screaming our names. I'm going, wow, this hurts. This hurts on a deep level, kid. So yeah, we're we're struggling a little bit with sleep right now. But aside from that, it is wonderful most of the time. <laughs> anyway, so you told us a little bit about your journey on how you got here today. How are you personally living inspired? Yeah, I think I think living inspired means like living intentionally and also kind of having an open mind or like humility to be able to change if you need to, if that makes sense. So like for me, motherhood and parenting is like front and center. Um, and yeah, I like, I just love continuing to educate myself and trying to be better and improve and, and really trying to, to be intentional in that. Um, and if I need to make a shift or need to change, I'm open to that. Um, so that's what, that's, yeah, that's what it kind of means to me. Go with the flow, flexibility. and yeah. Uh, do you find in your motherhood, your parenting, uh, that you have a lot of crossover from all of the training you've received as a speech therapist? 100%. I tell everyone, like, I didn't know what child development was until I had a baby because <laughs> I feel like I, my education is like, I use it every day. <laughs> Isn't that an awesome feeling? It's so, it feels so good. I love it. I love it. There's not a day that goes by, yeah, that I'm not grateful for the education that I got. Um, and yeah, I, I use it every day with my own kids. So is it mini speech therapy sessions or what does it look like for you? Like, are you sitting down doing drill and practice or? No, I think, yeah, I think that's what it, what people expect, right? But there's so much um, in the day-to-day -day that uh, I think when we, we gain education and we learn it, it kind of becomes innate. And so um, I, I feel like I'm putting to practice the things I learned, but not in a way you would expect like drill or practice or flashcards. It's using daily routines to, to talk to my children and building in reading books and singing songs um, and just playing those kind of social games. All of those types of things are so good for language development and something that I can incorporate through the whole day because of our routines and just the daily life. Being your kid sounds really fun. <laughs> i throw it out there. <laughs> I hope my kids have fun. <laughs> I would definitely sign up just to do a day in your house. Be like, okay, let me watch. Like what does a speech <laughs> therapist like with four kids, like what does your home look like during the day? Because I know, you know, I'm a special educator uh, as a background and um, I have worked predominantly with children who uh, are nonverbal. Uh, so I hear myself all the time using the same strategies and using the same kind of like sing songy voice and all that kind of thing that I did in the classroom. But, you know, that's how I ran my classroom. My classroom was an extension of my home and vice versa, you know, uh, and I'm just curious, you know, like how how close does your house look to like a speech therapy zone or <laughs> Are there schedules every. <laughs> 
I don't have visual schedules everywhere. We have lots of like free play and toys, lots of books. Um, so all of those things, a lot of open-ended toys that, um, you know, don't make noise, uh, things that they have to use their imagination and pretend play. Honestly, at the end of the day, my house is a mess, so it's not a place you'd want to be. Um, but we have fun along the way. That's perfect. We have a lot of parents that listen to our podcast. Um, what what kind of tips would you give them for encouraging language in the home? Yeah, I would say, like I said, routines are like so key, right? Because as busy moms, we don't have extra time um, and you don't really need extra time. Uh, your routines of eating and bathing uh, and just playing with your child, you can be talking with them. Um, a lot of face-to-face interactions. Uh, think of all those like rhymes and nursery songs that you learned as a kid and sing those with your with your little ones and try and get them to take turns with you, uh, make eye contact with you, um, try to encourage uh them to talk by repeating their sounds and what they say. So if you have a babbling baby, babble their sounds back at them and try and take turns and try and get them to imitate you. Um, even using gestures or a baby sign, those are great ways to, to encourage the talking to come. Um, so like at meal times, baby sign is great or encouraging them to point. Um, those are all these little things that seem so easy and seem like you're really not, not doing much, but they are doing so much for, for your child's language uh, development. I taught my daughter a few signs. Um, and I think it's important for parents to understand too, this is helping promote language, not, not delaying language by giving them an alternative. 100%. Yes. They're like research has shown that um, like baby signs specifically will encourage language to develop, will encourage talking. It's not a replacement for talking. And it's a really great way to encourage communication in the form that they can at the time uh, to try and diminish um, like struggle and uh, frustration on their end. If they can communicate and tell you what they want in some way, uh, then that's a lot easier for both of you. So. It's kind of funny with, with my little girl, Maddie. So we taught her the sign more and then she learned to say more. And then she went into a Spanish immersion daycare and she learned mas. So what that means is when she wants more, she's coming at you with the sign and saying more, mas, more, mas, and using the sign. It's like all at once. <laughs> I love it. That's so cute. That is adorable. That is absolutely adorable. Yeah, we had Nora doing more and all done and a few other ones, but she understood the purpose of, you know, communicating with her hands long before she could use her words. And one of the funniest ones um, is that she didn't watch a ton of TV as a child, but on a sick day, you know what I mean? On a sick day, you're going to sit there and you're going to cuddle and you're going to watch something. And her very first obsession was a show called The Wiggles. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Wiggles, lots of singing, lots of dancing, et cetera. Well, one of their things being the Wiggles is they have a hand sign where they're they're shaking out their hands. They're wiggling. Uh, it happens commonly, you know, through a transition in the in the show. It happens a lot while they're dancing, et cetera. And our daughter, by the time she was like eight months old, had started going like this, shaking her hands up and down, indicating that she wanted 
TV, you know, that she wanted the TV on and uh, which is fine. It's a very center point in our house. We leave it on a lot, whether we're watching it or not. Um, But she's now almost two years old and she still doesn't have TV. Those are very hard, you know, things to say. But I'll tell you what, she's still asking for it the same way she has been (laughs) for the last over the years, asking for her assigned uh, assigned sign for the Wiggles. Uh, So it's kind of also knowing, you know, baby sign isn't necessarily pure ASL. And that's what I tell people all the time. It's like, no, you're not teaching them perfect American sign language. You're modeling a few signs that are things they're able to do or looking and seeing what they're trying to communicate, you know, looking at the things that they've assigned meaning to and and figuring out how that's functional communication for them. It's so true. I love, I love that you said too, like looking at what they're trying to communicate. Cause I think that's such a vital piece in, in helping your child diminish frustration and um, yeah. And and listening to them. So I, I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Just one of those things where it's, you don't want a meltdown, figure out what they're saying. If they're saying something to you, darn it. If that, if, if shaking your hands, like you're airing them dry means turn on the dang television, mom, then fine. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I know that. Uh, All right. Well, let's fit in our uh, book and movie recommendations. So how about one bookie, one book and one movie recommendation from you? And then maybe we can circle over to Emily. I know she had a book recommendation for us as well. Okay. I have a book and I, I love audiobooks. as a busy mom. That's a fun way to make cleaning and all the chores fun. Um, And I listened to this one a couple months ago and it's one that just kind of has stuck with me. Uh, It's called the book woman of troublesome Creek by Kim Michelle Richardson. And it's about, it's a historical fiction book um, about the Pack Horse Library Project in Kentucky. I don't know if you guys have heard about that. Somewhat Um, sounds familiar, but not well. It happened in like the thirties. And so in these like rural places, they uh, wanted people to have access to books and to reading. And so these women would go on mules and pack horses and take books to to the people that lived in the mountains. Um, and so this is about one lady's experience. Again, it's fiction, but it's it was so fascinating. I really, I really loved it. That sounds awesome. And I totally want to check it out. And the way I can, I think why I knew a little bit about this was, is I grew up, you know, in a suburb. Okay. We had a library. It was four blocks away, something like that. But my grandparents lived in a very rural area. And we would go down there and stay with them for the summers for a while. And they had a bookmobile. And that was a giant school bus that they turned into a library that would come around once a week. And you could rent a book from the bookmobile. And I thought it was so cool. And I was like, I want one. And uh, I've never heard of any. I thought that was a normal thing. I didn't understand that this was just because they were in the rural, you know, farm area, anything like that. Uh, that it existed in more places, but I've never heard of anyone else having a bookmobile. So I don't know. It's pretty cool. So I, That's I'm really very cool. interested in your book. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I really loved it. It's one that just kind of sticks with you. So, and then these days while I'm watching television or movies, it's usually while doing laundry. <laughs> so um, I really love, 
I love to bake and during like COVID got into the whole sourdough kind of starter movement. <laughs> and um, one show I really love is the Great British Baking Show. I don't know if either of you have yes. seen it. It's yes. Like Claps. Just, absolutely. Yes. It just brings like happiness. I mean, everyone speaks in a British accent. They're doing like fancy cakes and breads and all the things. And it's a fun one. I totally can relate. That's That's actually my sick day show. My husband does not love it so much. I think it's because they use weird words for cakes and pastries. And he's like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> you know, if they call one more thing, what like a crumb is something that they were. I love that show. It's fantastic. And so good. cannot recommend it highly enough. If people just need something to kind of just feel joy and look at baked goods, go watch it. It's yes. so good. So um, I know that in the beginning, we didn't have time to talk about your book, but let's squeak it in really quick. Sure, sure. Okay. It is called Trillion Dollar Coach, the Leadership Playbook of Silicon Valley's Bill Campbell. I heard about this book. I haven't read it yet, um, but um, when I was reading Mike Smirklow's book, he's a venture capitalist with Next Coast Ventures. He was um, referencing this. It's all about um, having a coach. And it's cool to think that, you know, we're out here, everybody is striving to, you know, be a better professional, a better educator, a better content creator. And every, everybody has a coach. When you look at professional sports, why should, why should we be any different as educators and business leaders? So um, I'm really excited to dive in and see what uh, recommendations he made to some of Silicon Valley's uh, biggest success stories. So, well, that sounds fascinating. Oh, and I, um, uh, well, I'll, we'll post it. Oh, well, yeah. Well, on the, uh, completely other side of the spectrum, the book I'm recommending this week is called llama llama hoppity hop <laughs> because it's totally a favorite in my house right now because it's working on gross motor skills. And my kid is just starting to understand how to jump or bend or do these things on command. She can't jump for anything, but darn it, she can kind of propel herself forward with one foot go. We're working on it. But anyway, if you need a very simple rhyming book to teach gross motor skills to your kiddos, Llama Llama, Hoppity Hop, such a fun little children's book to read. And that is by Anna Dudney, as well as all the other Llama Llama books. So there's my completely uh, professional book recommendation this week. <laughs> very teacher of you. Very teacher. Yes. Hey, it's great. If you can have somebody, you know, I don't know, llama, llama, hoppity hop, you're, you're stretching, you're tapping, you're hopping, you're doing all these great direction following, using your whole body. I mean, it's an inspirational llama. <laughs> I love it. The llama llama <laughs> series is so fun. It is. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It was not one that I knew growing up. And then everyone kept saying, oh, well, are you reading the llama llama books? And as a teacher, I was like, oh, my God, I missed out. I really did. Never mind the Berenstein Bears. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, let's go back to Kelsey as we wrap up our show for today. How about a minute of self-promotion time? What's the message you want to put out there? What do you want to leave people with today? Yeah, I just think... Moms, you're doing a great job and keep doing doing the hard work um, and use those daily routines, uh, play with your child, sing, talk and read with your with your littles because you're doing more good than you know. Love that. 
That is beautiful. I love it. I'll get it tattooed on me. Uh, <laughs> that's it. There is nothing more important than reading and singing and, and having fun with your child. And that's that's fantastic. And Kelsey, I really appreciate you coming on today. I will process this and tag you on it. And I really appreciate your time and your insight and keep being super mom because, wow, you are a role model for us as we navigate our one world and you somehow have four and are still smiling. So, I'm so happy and bring so much joy to this conversation. This You're is- so kind. Thank you so much. It was so fun to chat with you, ladies. Thank you so much. And we will uh, we'll talk to you on the internet soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Let's talk about the special education problem facing our nation. Seven million students need special education services, but over 98% of school districts can't find the staff that they need. On top of that, there are 14% fewer people entering the field. Whoa. It's no wonder teachers and providers are overwhelmed. Enter Teleteachers. We offer options. We can help fill in gaps in your special education teams, as well as help your teams monitor IEP goals and progress through our technology platform, Mira for Schools. We want to help special education teams get back to what matters the most, the students. Check us out online today at www.teleteachers.com or send an email to hello at teleteachers.com to find out more information. Tell them Marissa sent you. Thank you for joining us today. Take a deep breath. Remember, we, the education and parent community, work better together. We innovate better together, and we don't need to be in the same physical space to do it. We are online inspired, and we are so delighted that you have decided to listen in today. You can find us working to live our best lives online via our Facebook and Instagram pages. Search for online and inspired, where you can also find our personal handles and, of course, plenty of baby pictures. You can also visit our website, which features our swag shop at www.onlineandinspired.com. And if you are looking for position in online learning, please check out our website at www.teleteachers.com slash join.html and follow Teleteachers on Facebook or Instagram. Stay connected, stay inspired, and we'll see you next week.